Welcome to Naked and Known. We're your hosts, Jossie and Tia. (laughs) (laughs) We have on some very special guests. They are back. The boys, our husbands, Robbie and Steve. And we're going to be sharing, well, they will be sharing some vulnerable things in their life. And we're going to be asking some questions and talking through it. What's our topic tonight? We're not going to laugh at all. At all. (laughs) It's going to be very serious. At all. (laughs) So, yeah. Welcome back, guys. How are you doing today? Fantastic. (laughs) Just so happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you introduce yourselves in in case people have forgotten your voices? Yeah. Yeah, of course. My name is Robbie Saganic, married to Tia. I'm Steve Ennison, married to Jossie. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Very seductive. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should have seen the way you looked at me when you said that. It was very seductive. <laughs> He's like, I want people out of my house right now. <laughs> we keep the fire burning yeah. here, no matter yeah. how pregnant I am. Yeah. <laughs> You're a week out from that baby coming. Okay. Yeah. So. We wanted to talk about um, sexual bondage. Mm -hmm. So that is a term that you may or may not be familiar with, but we were going to start with just having the guys kind of define that for us and give us a picture of what that even means when, if you do hear it or when you hear it. There are other terms maybe that people use, but this is the one we chose for today. (laughs) I think that the big, this is one of the big, you know, secrets in, the church, Christian um, communities that goes on, it goes untalked about quite a bit that everybody, um, you know, acknowledges that there's a big, I don't know if it's like a trillion dollar pornography industry or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's one of the biggest things it seems like. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, like all the, the good, Christian guys that we know, just all of them seem to be totally okay and they're unaffected by it, at least until something happens or somebody finally gets honest and raises their hand and says, you know, oh, this is a thing that I'm having some trouble with. Mm -hmm. And so when you say sexual bondage, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is like images um, that you see on a screen or in a movie or, you know, whether they're, you know, really pornographic or just kind of meant to, to kind of be sensual or stimulating. And then the bondage part is getting somehow getting hooked in that and using it, even just, you know, being involved in it in a way you don't want to be, whether mm-hmm. it's right. something someone else would say is a big deal or not. A lot of people, you know, what, what they're doing may look totally different case by case or what they're into, but the idea being they're not where they want to be. And especially Christians, it's crazy. It's like, um, this isn't like somewhere else kind of problem. It's like in our families, in the church, in our communities, in our friendships, in our in our homes, and it doesn't get talked about that much. It's starting to now, and we're talking about it here, right? So it's changing. But mm-hmm. what was that stat yeah. that we heard on the? That stat that we heard today about people in the church, how many people yeah, it's, like at a men's conference would say that they're, I don't know, above 50% for sure. I can't so remember the, the exact. The stats that have been circulating are that 
60 to 70% of men in churches, just talking about in churches, mm-hmm. are struggling. In other words, they're, they have a relationship to the sexual material that they don't like. Right. And 50 to 58% of pastors mm. in that. And 30, and I've heard this is rising, um, but the th- in the same set of stats was 30% of women in the church. But mm. the thing I keep hearing just anecdotally is that that's rising too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it's used to be maybe more like of a man's problem. but not, And so now men are starting to talk about it. So the really, really ashamed person is maybe mm. a woman who's struggling with this. Right. And so you have a lot of women you listening like to your podcast. You feel like you're the only one. Yeah. You feel like you're the only one. Nobody but you because mm-hmm. it's definitely a man's thing and not yeah. a woman's thing. But this is, is an everybody thing. It can mm. be. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. That's good. Robbie, any thoughts? No, that was good. <laughs> it was a Steve good definition. Steve defined it. Yeah. Um, well, this one, yeah, we wanted to like just ask some more personal questions for you guys. <laughs> Let's so you go deep. Really put it all out there. Yes. Um, but no, I guess um, we just kind of wanted to know like when were you first exposed or like what were some of your first memories as a kid or however old you were with like sexuality and kind of um, exploring those things. Yeah. I've got some good stories. I I was super, super young. And I think it's, for me, it's something like I have super early memories that are that, you know, when tracing them back were just being like, sexual at a young age, I think is Mm -hmm. like, I, I, I guess we all are and people, you know, kind of have memories back and it, it can be tough to nail down when those memories started. But for me, it was early. I remember, I remember being, I I had a, (laughs) (laughs) the face. Here we go. I had a, yeah, if if you're in the car and the kids are listening, you're going to want to mute this till you get home (laughs) and you can just, Start listening uh, with someone eighteen and over, but uh, no, I, I was, I was, uh, I can't I don't even know how old I was, but I was young, and I remember I'd, I'd be in the basement, and I didn't even know what I was feeling yet, but I'd watch a show, classic show, called Blind Date. It was like on WGN, oh. something that was to me that was super like pornographic in a way, like it it, mm-hmm. it arose these emotions in me. I was so young. I'd see like two good looking people kiss in the dark in the hot tub or something. Mm. And you start to get all those feelings and sensations that honestly, I had no idea what they were or what to do with them. But I just knew I liked that feeling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's like, to me, that's probably one of my earliest memories. And I, and I also, the funny thing is I, there was already a shame aspect to it in a sense that I would, my room was in the, so I'd, I'd, you know, you sneak in the basement and you, it's dark, and if anyone starts coming down the stairs, mm-hmm. how quick can you turn it off right. or change the channel? <laughs> yeah. But no one necessarily even said it was wrong. Yeah. It's just uh, you. I think I knew within me like this isn't the right. This isn't the right way to. Uh, th- yeah. th- like not that the feeling was wrong, but there was something shameful about the way that the feeling was coming about, mm-hmm. and and uh, and so that was probably one of my earliest memories, and then, um, I f- the. F- my first interaction with pornography is in like 
hardcore pornography was when I was like in seventh grade. Specifically, I remember Whoa. at a friend's house and he had a computer and a folder on that computer. And hey, if you check this out, sort of a thing. Was it his dad's or was it his? It was, I mean, it was a family computer in some way. You know what Which I mean? Is like, crazy yeah, that- I mean, but back, even back then, I say back then, gosh, but it, it, how different technology even is now. I mean, this is like dial up internet, right? <laughs> AOL. A folder that's like hidden somewhere deep in the depths. <laughs> and the parents, I don't think we're very, it wasn't like a, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily call it like a, a Christian home or something. <laughs> like, this is, there was access here. And, and he pulled it up and played it and it was like you can't there's no one seeing it from the first time you see it and it's like it's like that first feeling you ever had you know times however much times uh, you know a thousand and it's mm. and uh and then it was just like wow again that feeling of like shame a little bit guilt um but an oh, <laughs> you know the seven even back then it's like the but it's also like like that wasn't enough in some senses sure. now like what it's else like can i see what else is out there that yeah. was one video there's like right. you know all these all these things and so then it's like just trying to find access or ways to more and thankfully we never really had we never had even till i was like a junior or senior in high school i don't think we had like internet computer sort of thing okay. which is in a way that was actually that's actually really mm-hmm. that was that's a good thing looking back um because I'd have found a way around any sort of lock that would have been there at the time. But yeah, but yeah, but so for me, it's it started it started pretty pretty early, and that kind of started a long journey from that mm. point on of kind of in and out, you know, uh, knowing, feeling the shame, feeling the guilt, um, but not feeling it enough in a sense to completely be sober, free from yeah. free from it, and then the kind of ebb and flow of yeah. I'm trying to go back and remember mine. I have all the different <laughs> horrifyingly humiliating right. things that I could say about it. I, I, I think that I have one memory of somebody. It might have been like on a late night TV show or maybe it wasn't even that late night, but kind of like similar to you, but I think it was younger. But it was like a woman on there, and I was like extremely curious. This wasn't like even mm. R-rated, but it was like huh. it was like maybe maybe not even like to the swimsuit, but something about it was like wow. I just haven't seen anything like that before. I might have mm-hmm. been nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was totally. And then these early interactions are basically innocent. They're mm-hmm. you know like you may feel shame, but like there isn't like I, I at least I knew I didn't even know know what I was seeing and it wasn't bad and it wouldn't have been something that was preventable it was just like oh that was the first Mm. kind of woke thing Mm -hmm. you know Mm. but i know that the first like kind of trouble troubling thing for me was and this dates me i'm a little bit older than you (laughs) so this probably had gone away or i'm actually no i know for a fact it's still a thing somehow i've heard of stories but like i don't even know if i ever told you this like i had a phone in my room I must have been like oh. 10, oh. 11. I know where this is heading. Yeah, I know. think I've been there too, oh, no. bro. But please so continue. Like, so it's like there are these no, – like up in the back of the newspaper, there's all these numbers you can call. And they don't say like the most explicit things on these ads, but it's like definitely like I wonder. This is totally still yeah. in the innocent mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12-year-old. I wonder. I wonder what that would be like to call. It's like 
it's supposed to be like phone sex. Mm-hmm. What a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> but this is before dial-up internet connection mm-hmm. in the house and things like that. So uh, I just remember I had called it, but I never had gotten to the point where like you would put payment in. I think they just build your house. Oh, phone. You said line. just from calling, right? Just from calling, because like I thought it was like you had to get to like. Oh hang up. I like somebody would say, "Hey, a couple times. Hey, who's the house, Hey, right? who's there?" And I'd like click, I'd hang up, and it's like I just remember <gasps> getting in the biggest trouble with my parents because they got this phone bill. How much was it? I don't remember, but it. I'm sure someone does. Substantial. My, <laughs> it was enough that it was like, "What and is going on, on here?" <laughs> and you want to talk about like that risk factor because. <laughs> Heaven forbid mom or dad picks up the phone at the house because there was like one line. Right, right. Multiple phones connected to I might have been older and I don't remember the timeline, but I remember that was that and the TV in my room getting the scrambled channels and just hoping, I hope somehow it comes. Fingers crossed. What are the scrambled Channels. I mean, I've heard you say oh, this uh, before, but you would know if you, you like know five to thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> there were at the top of the of the dial of the basic cable. Yeah, there would be different channels. Maybe they were HP. I don't know what they were, okay. but you would right. pay an extra charge to have gotcha. access to these channels. And late at night, these channels would show things that were uh, just. Yeah. I mean, pornographic. Yeah. I know for for a fact because mm-hmm. occasionally they would come in like less than adequately scrambled mm-hmm. and I would then scramble to get a VHS tape to record it if I could. Oh my word. Don't say that. that was, I mean, <laughs> well, that's a lot of effort. Yeah. Like to put but when you have a TV in your room, it's, like it's like find that VHS. It's no effort. We had, put it yeah, in there. We had VHS is laying around. <laughs> you record over, over your home Yeah. Record over your parents' wedding or like, <laughs> oh, no. did you ever feel like, did your parents ever address it? Like, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Then I told the, them that it was my, my, well, they came and they said, well, we found this tape <laughs> that we thought, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, you, know, you had was your first birthday stuff oh, yeah. and they found that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the phone bill still. No, okay. phone oh, bill. man. Oh, so man. we could, uh, the you phone bill these... was a big trouble thing. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know it though. You can't pay it back because you're just yeah, a right. kid. You can, so you can. Lawn. <laughs> yeah, <do>? chores. Right. <laughs> Uh, just walk around with more shame, you know, that's Aww. the answer to that. And then, yeah. or, uh, try to lie your way out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you're so ashamed. Um, and, but the, but the VHS one, I was like, I know I was a freshman in high school. I was 13 at that time. And I blamed it on my friend. I'm like, this friend gave it to me. Oh yeah. How did they believe you? I, I think so. And it wouldn't have been preposterous have for that there. to be true. <laughs> right. But, but, um, and I don't know if they even knew, I'm sure they must've known that wasn't true, but. But they just, but they went believed on. you. You know. They, yeah. There's a lot of a hormones ago. firing in a, in a high school <laughs> freshman boy. Totally. And this is less, it's, it's more, it's so much more innocent. It's harmful, but it's innocent, mm-hmm. you know. It's not, it's, you have no idea that these things are going to be like, that are, they're going to cost you later in life or that they're going to be open up kind of like pathways and habits, you know, that you're going to have to deal with when you're grown and you have kids, you know, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. but yeah, those are some of the early, 
The phone thing? Never did the phone thing? Oh, no, I, I did. Totally. Oh. I, that's <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. If that was it. The dial-up like, connection when you're waiting for something yeah. to load and you're hoping no one walks in because it takes like minutes. Mm -hmm. These are the ways that... It's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like like I said, I was... You, at least I always felt like I knew it was bad because I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't understand. Right. And so, or that it was just like, it wasn't, yeah, that it wasn't, um, that, it, that it wasn't right. But no, the phone thing, I've been down that path. It's like, mm -hmm. it's sad. I almost forgot until you just said it, but it's like, oh yeah, I've done that. So, oh, totally. And, it, and I remember. Get, Did you get billed? No, I, I would, I would, I would just kind of sly about. It. I would go as far as you could, until it was like, all right, just press one, one more time. You're uh -huh. going live to, yeah. to wherever, I, right? And I'd be like, hang up. Oh it was a more God, complicated man. system. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just they picked up the other line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I no, I've, I've been. Down there was that this one too. time I remember another one. This is good. For the podcast, and you're, I think you remember this. I told this story before, but and I might have been fourteen or fifteen at this point, walking the dog around the back in the winter around the back of my house, mm -hmm. and I found, and this was like, I mean, I couldn't have been more excited because I found a found Playboy golden oh, ticket. Yeah. Now I've already already had this, you know stuff was woke in me and I was curious and it was still, it's an innocent thing. It's still like, you know, I just wish I would have had more coaching. I don't know. It's really hard. We can talk about that a little bit later, but like interact, just finding this playboy and being like, Oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to stuff it in my coat, mm -hmm. the dog home quickly, run down to my room and look at it. And then I l open this up and, and this is the weird part. Open <laughs> it up weird. and all of the private parts were cut out of it. <laughs> oh man! Like somebody weird, like isn't that like, psycho? I and for and I had a whole theory that like this one guy who lived in a house nearby there must oh, have goodness. like oh done someone sending a very strange message. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like they cut out all that and then they left it out there for someone else to find it. Like oh. kind of like something out of like a. A horror movie. Yeah, that's, a horror yeah, movie. Like that's what he makes me think of. Was like dismembering this person. <laughs> like he's he was just collecting all, all the sensitive like parts of the, the pictures and like. Yeah, he didn't want to see a, a face. Just oh, so parts. weird. Well, that's oh, yeah, that's, that's like dehumanizing a person. Yeah, that's oh. like going further than. I mean, it's all kind of dehumanizing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't think any of those things. Yeah. I just thought, oh, what a waste, yeah. and I threw it out. I was so close. That was. Um, so, so where, when does it change? I guess is my question. Like from the innocent things and the curiosity and then when does it become like you got a problem or you're addicted or, you know, like, yeah. or, or is there really a point you can even define in that? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. is it just kind of a gradual thing that I th I starts think, to take over? No, I think, uh, and again, like. You know, if we're talking about it, we're talking about it and the, all the weird words that no one wants to say. But I think for me, it's like when you discover, and this is for men and women totally, but masturbation uh -huh. is when like, to that's when I felt like it became a real 
That then it was like it wasn't just like seeing it and getting like a butterfly in your stomach and like oh this is kind of exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Then it became like a means to an end in some ways mm. when it was like oh my gosh that does that if you yeah. do that and look at that and it's like mm. it's it's it feels good and so I remember that I you were jogging my memory I had not thought of this till just now but that for the for a long time when I was preteen or early teen or whatever I, some of these stories happen it's hard to remember exactly when but that that if you didn't I didn't I thought masturbation was something else I don't know I thought that was like I didn't understand exactly what that was yeah. when but this other thing was happening with like trying to find stuff maybe on the internet or whatever it was at that time but because masturbation wasn't a part of that then it wasn't like any it was just curiosity was like there wasn't I didn't really associate it with shameful it was to like totally didn't want anyone else to find out but I wasn't yeah. like right I think I was ashamed when I found when pe- people found me out or my f- parents found me out but I wasn't equating it like this isn't the thing that they were telling me I shouldn't do mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I don't know if anyone used the p the pornography word around yeah my house growing up I'm not sure but all that to say is like because that it wasn't your to your point it's like I think once I kind of realized, oh, that is what I'm doing. Then it was like, like that they're connected. Yeah, yeah, they were connected. It, it it kind of awakens this. Uh, really, for me, it feels like that's like that's what kind of awakens the the lust part of it. Like where it's like, you know, that's I don't know. That's just that's that, that's kind of the next level of like you see it, you kind of get this feeling, but then it's like, well, I want that feeling. And this, and what's going to give me that feeling is to to track down any way I can something mm-hmm. that is risque or whatever, mm-hmm. and then to enact, you know, act on it, and mm-hmm. and and then to me, it's like that's where the, that's where even the real, more the real shame and guilt sets. And after a few mm-hmm. rounds of that, it's like I think, and that's like that. That's kind of more like again, not that shame, but there is growing up like growing up a believer and and even from a young age that's when kind of the 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 conviction we would call it right i mean it, it feels like shame it feels like guilt i think in some senses but now knowing more about it that's a that's a healthy conviction even at that at a young age yeah. feeling like that wasn't right that's not right that i did mm. that because i saw this this image this video this picture and then i I proceeded to act on that in a way that was like, I just engaged my body in that way and my mind and all these things and, and, and opened up different, like you were saying, Steve pathways to like, to then lead, lead down the road. So like, for me, like to answer your question, like that is what started until like, then, then the video, then the picture, then, then it's not enough. Then it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I better date a girl then so that, you know, Mm -hmm. so that I can, what would that even be like in real life. real time, real life, real life yeah. you know? And so like, and they say almost like a gateway drug in some ways, no matter when it happens in life, when you start to down that path of, of pornography and, and, and masturbation and these things, it's like that, then it's the next thing, just like mm-hmm. a drug. Then, yeah. then it's the next thing. Then it's the next thing. Then you're, well, yeah. there's something, I mean, I don't know that much about it, but I've been learning more in the last few years that, you know, the, the hunt for this kind of thing, it's firing all the, like the, 
the dopamine in your brain and mm-hmm. it's very exciting. And then when in masturbation, like oxytocin is re- released and mm-hmm. I've heard, and that's sort of like a, like a euphoric bonding kind of mm-hmm. hormone. And so what's happening is you're, dopamine you're kind of it's kind of like the the high of like a cigarette or something if people that smoke know that like there's like this anxiety and this urge mm-hmm. and then you and you said you would never do that and you never do it again but then there's this like craving this urge and then as soon as you start that path like you can feel all of the cells almost opening up like you're like oh okay we're gonna have this or like mm-hmm. whatever so that's why they call it no turning back. Yeah. It's like point. by that point, mm-hmm. you know, there's like biological things happening. Right. And then, the, but the crazy part of it is it's alone. And then you're having this like supposed to be bonding. I mean, it's like what babies mm-hmm. and mothers are sharing when they're breastfeeding. Oh yeah. Oxytocin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's alone. There. It's in isolation. Mm-hmm. It's like, and so it forms this really mm-hmm. weird, you know, detachment, you know, mm-hmm. um, relationship. Mm-hmm. building problem, intimacy problem. It's an intimacy disorder. Mm. And this is like more recent science maybe, but mm-hmm. I mean, like if you're in it, you know, it's like, it's got a lot of problems associated with it, but the pull is very strong. Just like, like I really related to smoking. I used to smoke mm-hmm. and it's very hard to quit that habit. Mm-hmm. And you feel like your body is literally working against you. And in this, this kind of bondage, sexual stuff, it's exactly that. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's teaching young men now <clears throat> that, you know, they get into it, all these things, um, their bodies, and it's making t- real intimacy, vulnerability, uh, really hard. Right. Cause that's not mm-hmm. easy and that's not on demand. That's not clicking and finding the right thing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. takes a lot of work and emotional mm-hmm. intimacy and yeah. vulnerability. We were just talking to, um, some people about this, but like how pornography is now, like when you watch it, it's like you see this, you know, a perfect bodies or whatever. And then you yourself are, you, you're in a relationship and it doesn't go the way you wanted it to like intimate wise. And you, cause you're comparing it to what you watched. So then it, what it does is it creates this false reality of like what intimate, intimacy is and then it's like well if it's not going to be this perfect way like I watch on TV then I'm just going to then I'm just going to pleasure myself I mean then that's kind of like mm-hmm. it creates this wall between real relationships and like actually working through hard things because you're like well it's not being met the way I saw that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be met through <clears throat> watching it on TV or movies or whatever um that's just not true but like how do you guys like I don't know just talking about this now it's like what is kind of the message for like young guys and girls do we tell them don't ever do it don't like you know just stop um or I guess that's kind of the because you have these feelings as as a young kid and like you have these hormones being released and stuff so it's like what is the the real message, like, um, how, how do you, what would you say like to your young self or to, to young guys and stuff? Like, well, can I go back to the thing you just said Yeah. before that? Right. Talking about like what I would tell like a younger mm-hmm. version of me or a kid these days. I think the pornography culture, it, like the, or I think our culture at large is affected by this mm-hmm. a lot with like unrealistic expect expectations of, mm-hmm 
the way women look, mm-hmm. the way sex is. And you don't have to have like looked at it or, or been sort of like in bondage to it or addicted to it, however you want to say it, to be affected by it. Like, like I, I feel like a lot of women in your audience will hear this and be like, oh, you know, maybe they think not my husband and maybe they think, well, this doesn't have to do with me, but it's ac- actually, it's like all around all mm-hmm. the things, like the way there's like so much sexual material in shows and in, in movies and it's like on billboards and it's, and it's not just triggering for men that have had a problem. It's like, it affects the way that people could look at themselves and their spouses. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like your, to your point, like your expectations about intimacy and things like that. So it's affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. And this is not like a, a rare problem. It's a, it's like more, more often than not <clears throat> young men and or men young and older really finding themselves in this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a battle. It really, they're finding themselves in this, like in this battle where one side doesn't play fair. And so we're telling stories like we encountered it when we were young, mm-hmm. when we're supposed to be encountering sexuality. Mm-hmm. Right. So now to, to your question about what do you tell a younger person? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, cause they're going to explore and find <clears throat> those things that you guys found. And yeah, much worse things than what we found. Right. It's way worse now. Totally. Everybody has access to stuff. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough to know. I mean, it's tough to know what, what to say or what you'd even change. There, there, there is, there's almost a, you could withhold, you could try to withhold everything from, from, from a child or, you know, a young man or woman, but it just like what what Steve is saying, it permeates absolutely everything and it's so easy to get. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think the more than anything, it's, it's trying to build, build healthy, more than anything, just healthy relationship and conversation. And not just specifically around this topic, but just in, just like in life, um, you know, just being able to, to take a bit of the shame out of it. I think mm-hmm. the one time that you, 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 whether someone confesses it, whether they're caught in it or whatever, and you don't like roll up the newspaper and hit them on the nose and say it's bad. Instead, it's like, man, I've been there. Let's, let's chat about that because it's yeah. it it is effed up my life major ways. Mm-hmm. So like you could almost like in some uh, I don't know like in most things I feel like I'd rather have a conversation about it and then mm-hmm. let somebody yeah. ma- make make a choice for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Like one thing our pastor. Hope you're doing well in Memphis. Uh, said, <laughs> said, says that, that to this day, it's like, I think it relates directly to this. And I just, I love this sentiment as, as a, as a, a Christian, as a Christ follower, that his job, our job, even when someone's at like coming to church for the first time or something like that, the job isn't to say, quit going, quit going to the club, quit doing drugs, quit doing this, quit doing, the job is to share the, the freedom and the hope that is found in like Jesus Christ and what he did, like the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he did, the freedom that mm-hmm. gives us and then let that work in someone's life between mm-hmm. them, them and God. There's nothing worse, even for me being, being younger as a kid, if like someone was like, you shouldn't do that. There's that little thing, that human part that says, yeah, but that makes me want to do it just a little bit more because maybe mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to do it. Right. And so to, but but to hear like you know you don't have to do that so I don't know I just think man if we've learned anything the last couple of years 
even just the four of us within our mm-hmm. own friendship, it's that it's that like honesty just mm-hmm. grows honesty and honesty and honesty. Like if you're willing to to kind of open yourself up in many ways, mm-hmm. there's there's healing in that. And that's even outside mm-hmm. of this specific issue. I think there's a lot of issues where where if if people are willing if you're willing to be open and honest in conversation and in life and 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 just to build some authentic relationship gospel centered relationship in a lot of ways like in some ways it's it's our job to keep hold each other accountable and stuff and you want to do that but it's not our i just don't feel like it's always our job to like the analogy i kind of used before just to kind of you know, whap, whap somebody on yeah. the nose to enforce a, mm-hmm. a, an ill behavior or something right. like that. Because there's nothing that I turns agree. somebody away more more than that. So it's sure. like mm-hmm. grace in the midst of of uh, what would be a shameful or embarrassing situation. At least, especially if it's the first or second, maybe third time. You know, we all need. Yeah. You know. Well, because you don't think like when you're that age, what it's going to lead to later on in your life. It's, I mean, with anything, honestly, like any bad habits that we yeah. pick up. So it's, but again, like you're like exactly what you're saying. I totally agree with you. I mean, that's kind of the answer I was, I was thinking as well. It's just like, I think for, for us, like both of our parents, we, they didn't really talk much about this topic, you know? And I remember when I mean, kind of back to the computer stage, like we had a computer in the middle of our living room and my brother and I would fight over, like we would get home from school and we would want to be on the chat room. You know, it's like, want to instant message Bobby from, you know, whatever. And I got on these <laughs> private, like bad chat rooms with boys and there would be Words bad. Words Whoa. arranged. Oh I did whatever. that with my best friend in junior high too. Yeah. I didn't even know what was happening. But send but, pics. <laughs> no, there was no, never really. pictures sent. But that literally, the guy said you, that. Yeah. Well, sometimes you <laughs> don't do you know look like, or do you have a pic? And we're like, what's a pic? <laughs> 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 but oh. that's what like, yeah. and I remember my brother and I, we would physically fight over this computer, and it was like this. I don't know, just something came over me. Like I would be obsessed with chatting with these guys and like I would just turn into this different person. Like, I mean, be like, I have like had to be on this computer. It was addicting. So now it's like so much more addicting with all the technology and stuff. So it's like that. I mean, I'm glad my parents put it in the middle of the room. Yeah. You know, that my dad always kept the computer in the middle of the house. So but was yeah. that intentional from them? Or? He never said it. Like, yeah. he never said it that way. But as we've gotten older, he, he, yes, yeah. that is why he That's did it. Cool. And and I, whenever we have kids, I would do the same thing, you know. But anyways, I think that was a good point. <laughs> I wanted to say something about that, too. Yeah. For whatever reason, kids, and we have kids now, and we know this, like, you just don't have to teach them to be ashamed. Yep. It's, like, so innate. In in mm-hmm. and one of the the cures for for this and for a lot of things is that Jesus is not ashamed of you, mm-hmm. and you're ashamed. You may be ashamed of you and what you're doing, but it's good. He's not. But so good. these things lead us into hiding. I mean, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of things. You, it's like sexual bondage is one thing people don't want to talk about. It's taboo. 
But um, there's lots of things people are hiding because they're ashamed of themselves yes. or what they're doing or what they're not doing and um, or what they've not become. And they're kind of like mm-hmm. kind of ashamed. And so like, and the cure for all those things, I think, is the same thing that would have been really nice for me. It's just to have somebody who I really looked up to coming alongside me and almost like, mm-hmm. almost like, well, you know, like you're now you're part of it. You're part of the club. Mm-hmm. Now, now you're you're with us, and and there's nothing to be ashamed of here. Yeah, and human. then a, part of that is knowing you're right, like the consequences. But see, here's the thing about the sexual stuff: is when you're getting woke and you're coming up, girls and boys, kind of like to your point, you're in this chat room. It's a very dangerous environment. Yeah. I don't want my kids in, in something like that. Um, but there you were, right? And we're coming up, and we're not fully matured. Our brains are not actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it is. I've heard this and I can't put, can't quite put my finger on it, but I've heard it's like maybe 21 or, t- or later that, later you're, in the that you're like, that you finally- your, your brain is finally able to like exert some like more self-control. Yeah, it's like- for men. Oh, what age for <laughs> women? I don't know. We're just <laughs> making conjectures here. Oh, okay. Someone Google it. An experience. I th- Fact check. Is it like- Fact the check, end? yeah. Is it like prefrontal cortex? Does that sound right? Yeah. That sounds That's right. That's not- there. That's like for judgment, for, right? Or yeah. something. Yeah. So you're not really playing with the full deck as a young man, but okay. you're now in our, yeah, or woman, but right. we're talking about men totally. here coming up, boys yep. coming up, seeing things. And that that's that, but you are wired already for all your hormones to go off when you see it. Mm-hmm. So you've got this highly like, um, exciting, euphoric kind of content. And you don't have the wherewithal to say, oh, I I, I could see the risks here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, what 16-year-old was like, you yeah, know what? Sure. I, right. I kind of totally. want to take a step back and, and weigh the risks here mm-hmm. of what might happen. No. <laughs> it's just the same. No, it's so, in the moment. No, I'm, no, I'm sneaking out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and so I want to <laughs> come alongside younger men and just say, and like, cause there's like college students that play, you know, play music with us in different bands or at church. And I just want to tell them, oh no, you can tell, you could tell me because I'm not going to be surprised at all about right. whatever you're into yeah. and you're welcome here. And that mm-hmm. connection is the first thing. Cause this only works when you're really ashamed and you're hiding. Mm-hmm. Once you're out and about with it, it loses like 90% yeah. of its power on mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's exact. I mean, and just to, to build off what Steve said, we've kind of walked, as I alluded to earlier, walked a journey over the last couple of years because of the way that this specific, this specific behavior affected T and I's marriage. I mean, specifically, and which led to a lot of these conversations between Steve and I, and even the four of us. Mm. But even now when I share a little bit of like what's happened in, in, in light of, of this like addiction and, um, and, and bondage as, you know, as we're kind of referring to it at, um, as soon as you kind of let the cat out of the bag yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, every single time I, I've, cause I've shared like even in, in a group setting in a one-on-one sort of setting, mm-hmm. you just see the, 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 what's actually so sad in some ways is you just see even an initial conversation when you're sharing, I don't even know if it's happened where somebody hasn't afterwards. You can see like the yearning in the eye to like, I, Mm-hmm. I, I want to say, I want to say, I want to say, yeah. and it's almost without fail, a text will come through. Maybe it's not the same mm-hmm. day. Maybe it's the next day or two days later. 
okay, can we talk again? Can we t-? And I know exactly mm, what it, what it's going to be about. And so just like what you're saying, the being willing and it's, and thank God it's becoming easier in our culture in some ways for men don't have to be this rigid, don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's right. like, there's like this masculinity is changing in, in some ways, at least I feel like in it within, with our, in like our generation. Vulnerability younger, is more. Vulner, yeah. Vulnerability yeah. is a, is a, is a, is a good thing yeah. in some mm-hmm. ways. And so, but it's still, it, it's it, that boat's turning slowly, but every time you, you share, you're open the, in, in opening the door. And when you're having that, those conversations, someone else is going to come forward and yeah. experience a little bit of that freedom and a little bit of that freedom. And, and mm-hmm. my, my whole life was trying to, and so like to, to move into some of that, like when I was that guy in the room and I had a friend and I've always had a friend or two who was further along the journey than I was, mm-hmm. I would always think even in, even with somebody like to your point, sharing and, and opening up the door for like a shame-free disclosure, my sense of shame was so strong that it was like, I want to talk, but I'm going to wait until I'm a little bit better. Then I'll say, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, or I'll true. say something like, yeah, I used to kind of have these things going on, but mm-hmm. now I'm like, I'm way better, now. you know, yeah. or, you know, I, it's, I'm so glad you shared, you know, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It used to be a thing for me too. So I'm glad, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's such a lie Back because, mm-hmm. because if you're like, if you're like me, like most men, you're, that is the, 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 the exact approach to stay exactly where you are is to mm. not, to not get totally honest with, with guys. And now, now the stakes keep getting higher as you get older. And this is what I would tell you, like parents and like younger guys is like, yeah, you're in college and you're, you have, you're looking at your phone and, and your internet, um, on your laptop or whatever. And you have always clearing your search history and you're doing all these, these, this stance to kind of hide it, but, mm-hmm. but the stakes are pretty low. Like you might, I don't know, get in trouble with your roommate. You may tell your college girlfriend or something. I don't know what even the stakes are. And you think to yourself, oh, but later in life when I get married, I find the one and I get married, then this stuff is all going to, you know, go away. It's going to go away. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) But it doesn't go away. And now you've got somebody who you love and who is depending on you, who's trusting you to be honest and the stakes got even higher. Right. And so now the shame is even deeper because mm-hmm. now I'm not living up to what, you know, I just vowed I was going to be, mm-hmm. I was going to be. And that will make it even more compelling because yeah. this is like escapism. It's again, the intimacy disorder is almost like the spotlight goes on that. And then it reaffirms that I'm not, the, I'm not a good person. I'm not mm-hmm. the, not the way that, a man should be or um yeah so then so then you're in worse straight you're in a worse position to get better than you mm-hmm. were when you were younger yeah because the stakes mm-hmm. got higher and as they get higher again and you got kids and you're like what are they what are my kids gonna think of me mm-hmm. they right. you know well all what, that all yeah. that leading to 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 as the stakes get higher like that the risk then to come out of hiding this place yes and and like isolation is what just is what breeds a this specifically addiction all kinds of addiction all kinds yeah. all kinds yeah. totally but as this as the the stakes keep going higher and higher 
right. the difficulty level if it was at a, a yeah. three when you were in college or something to to share what you do with yeah. a buddy mm-hmm. on a on a on a weekend, tr- you know. Right. Church trip. Camping yeah. trip. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's like a three, you get married, take that up to a seven, yeah. you have kids, that's, that's a 10. What, yeah. what, what that's going to do relationally. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to build that and wall. You mm-hmm. think about what, what I'm saying. I, and I, this is just my theory, my, my hypothesis, but this is why stakes are high for a married man to come out. With this It's going to cost a lot. It's going to cause a lot of pain. There's going to be a high, mm-hmm there's going to be a hard road back to like built rebuilding trust, especially if this was hidden for a long time. And, it, and, and this is not easy and there's a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. So those stakes are high. Imagine you're a youth pastor. Right. Mm. Imagine you're a worship leader or a senior pastor of a church and you've got this problem and you didn't ever want this problem. You didn't even know what to do about mm-hmm. it. You're like, it's going to go away. You, you bought all the same lies. And then, now you've got all these other people depending on you. And what what most churches do, and this is unfortunate, and I, I really I have a big problem with this. You if you come forward and, and come out with this stuff to somebody, they'll probably put you. Now your job depends on this. And now, mm-hmm. they might fire you. They may put you on some sort of a, a recovery yeah. plan that doesn't guarantee that you're gonna still be working at the end of it. And so where a husband has a lot to lose, a, a husband pastor has everything to lose Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so thank god there's all these different organizations and and ways to get connected and get healing Mm -hmm. before getting honest with like you maybe your your boss pastor boss or Mm -hmm. or even your spouse you get to you know Mm -hmm. start to do some work but certainly the only path to healing is to be honest right Mm -hmm. and the freedom like i know for you rabbi even just the freedom in that like took a huge obviously it was extremely painful for the both of us but it does bring a lot it's Mm -hmm. only yeah it's the start of recovery it's the start of healing and it's it's to be known like yeah fully known and i could even share as we're talking about it and i mean just to just to break right through the ice (laughs) and we can talk about it a lot i think we should dedicate more time to it specifically but but for me, and, and one thing that, that led to just a lot of us, you know, the, the four of us but, and, and others too, but specifically the four of us in, in this season of life, is this the, the addiction to pornography and, and just the lust that ultimately led to, led to me having an affair. Again, there, there it is, I guess. There it's it not is. funny. It's been years ago. And we've done so much work together as a group, but that kind of like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and when, so just when, when when Tia even refers to that, it's it's there had to be a a disclosure to her that it looked like you know it was that it was that huge that huge terrible thing that had happened, but but underneath that that I didn't even realize at the time is just years and years of of unchecked pornography use and abuse mm-hmm. and and in many ways that kind of started a, a you know even us on a path learning more about mm-hmm. some of this oh, stuff right. and you know about it before, but, but like we only knew about it before, but it just kind of put it on perspective of what the reality of this, this could be not, not, and not an excuse, but like I was saying before, it's, it is somewhat of like a gateway drug that like, eventually it's mm-hmm. not enough. Eventually it's just mm-hmm. not, it's just not enough. 
And and it led you there. Yeah, yeah, in some ways. And to, and to Steve's point, you know, I, I, I was a worship leader at the time. And, yeah. and so... Who are you going to tell? I, I mean, I did, it, I, who was safe to tell? Yeah, who, was, who would have been super safe to tell? I don't know. I didn't you tell didn't, a soul. Right. Yeah. And so, but in the, in the, and to, to me, it's like at some point though, and I'm sure... I know at this point that anything I've felt, someone else has felt. And that's, I think that's a lie you have to like, that you have to dispel. Man or woman that deals with something like this is you want to be like, nobody knows what this feels like. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather die right now than mm-hmm. have to face whatever I'm going to have to face because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, there's, but the thing is, you're not, you're not the only one. There's so, mm-hmm. so many people, maybe yeah. not to that extent, but are feeling in some ways, what you're feeling and just crave the freedom that comes from being being open and yeah. honest in these things. Mm. And like, you know, it's the crazy thing is like now coming full circle to where we are today to, to be a worship leader again. And like the, the last thing I could ever do is sit here and say, well, that was a great run. I beat it. How about, you know, how about that? <laughs> right. we're, we're here I am. Mm. Worship leader again, man. It's all roses. Mm. And it's like, that actually isn't true. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, like, the continual honesty th- through the process. And it, just mm-hmm. what you're saying, like, what there is to lose for 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 somebody who's in any sort of ministry, as mm. well as being a father, a husband, or whatever, mm. that the it can seem like an overwhelming yeah, feat. I, and I, it is in some ways. I say that, too, because a lot of my upbringing was, like, I had these great Christian men leaders that I looked up to and the thought kept coming in when I would wrestle with myself and I really tap into that shame. A lot of it, like you kind of bury your head, but when you're really tapped in you're like, you know, that guy, he would never do this. Mm -hmm. That's what you think. And that like furthers that. And so I keep mentioning that role and that in the Christian church, how does this exist exist in the Christian church? It's like, what are these leaders going to do? Right. Well, I mean, we're, we're just like, I'm just a guy. I can say whatever I want to say, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't, I, there's not too many things I can break. So I can, I feel like it's easier for me to be honest, but a leader, a pastor, a senior pastor, the stakes are just so high. Now that's also part of the lie because mm-hmm. the only way for revival, for, for true change, for like just jo- real joy where you're just like fully in your skin and, and you mm-hmm. love it is from, being open and honest and, and, and getting freedom. And there's work to be done to get to freedom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there is nothing you can do without being honest. Right. That's the absolute first step. Mm-hmm. So how do you get there? Like, how do you, I know obviously like what we walked through, but I think it's good to share also, like what was your breaking point? Like to, because you could keep to this day, you could still have that secret. Like, and like for people that are still struggling with that, like questioning, you know, all the, con- like all the things, all the pros and cons to sharing this, like, like there's some people in our life that <laughs> have not hit rock bottom and we're like, when is, when are they going to hit rock bottom? And for you, like, what, what was that? Like, can I ask something too? Like, yeah. cause it. I think this maybe I don't know if this would like come before that question, but I'm thinking just like you had mentioned escapism. And I feel like when people think about like a porn addiction or sexual addiction or sexual bondage, 
they think of like guys are just wired this way and they're just kind of like lustful and gross or whatever. I mean. No. Yeah. I've never thought that. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Yeah, right. What's your real feelings about men? Like, who, oh, really? like someone would think that probably. Yeah, right? someone. Okay. Someone's told me that before. No, but I mean, A man hater. I think, and maybe this is part of your question too, because it's kind of like part of the, what's the journey of it. But I think it's more than just I just like to look at women. You yeah. know, it's that's not really like in a lot of ways you're avoiding things, you're coping with things, using it, you know, so I guess I just wanted to hear a little bit about that from you guys. A little primer on this. And this is something I've said for a long, I think I told you even before I was really coming clean with like that I need, needed help and needed to get better Yeah, is that I would always say it's not really sexual. Right. And, and I've learned more about this now and, and I stand by that. I, I knew it was something else because it was like, it was very compartmentalized from people and ro- relationships. And, and, and so it's kind of like, it's a super long conversation, but just to say, it's like, what is happening is not a rejection. Like, so if a married man is struggling with pornography and he, he could really feel like this is something that's really uniquely me and, and doesn't have to do with her because it's kind of like, in its nature, is it like an inward, it's turning kind of inward instead of turning outward. And what we know kind of, if you think about it, all of that type of behavior is kind of um, like a lot of addictive behavior mm-hmm. is is a coping mechanism. And so a lot of people in, in this, in recovery, in, in this in this area of sexual um, bondage and recovery will, will say the pornography or that that habit is not the problem. It's the solution to what your problem is. It's a really bad solution and it's not working and it's creating many, many other problems. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're looking to to deal with a father wound or a mother wound. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the shame that you feel that you're not good enough, that God deep down wouldn't love a person like you. Well, this is how you don't think it is, but this is what's why you're turning to that, why that thing gets clicked on. And then as you get more mindful and mindfulness is a big part of like recovering, you realize what triggers it will be mm-hmm. someone said something, they hurt my feelings. Men that are, are are getting free from lust and pornography are all about their feelings and what they're going through and getting mm-hmm. in touch with them, like things that for a long time, they never even tapped into. Right. They're, they're kind of aware of of what their triggers are and when they feel small or when they feel uh, lonely or unaffirmed or, or rejected or hurt or um, overlooked or unimportant or, um, you know, like no one wanted to hear hear them or hear mm-hmm. about their them, themselves. And it sounds very like sickening to think that that would turn into like pornography. But when you're really little, you find this thing that feel, makes you feel really good and you don't really realize the consequences. Yeah. And and so when a negative experience happens or someone hurts you or something like that thing was there for you and it became a pattern like, oh, you know, I can turn to that. You don't even realize when you're, when you've been in it for a long time, like that something happened and now I'm, I'm using again and right. it could be like days later. But mm-hmm. if you traced it all out, you're like, oh, I've kind of like started this ritual 
you know, something painful happened. And it's usually wound, woundedness. So you're in isolation, something comes up, you're, you're already isolated because you're not talking about your, your problem. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, that becomes a, a good solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. Subconsciously, of course, I'm like not doing this a ton of justice, but just the lay of the land um, for anybody, again, I, I come back to smoking because I have experience with that and this, and I can't, I can't make it, I can't say it strong enough. It's a very similar thing. If anyone's ever tried to quit smoking, it's like the same, the same thing. And here's a great analogy. Somebody starts, picks up a cigarette. They, the first time they, they smoke it, they don't like it maybe, but it's got some sort of a hook into it. You're like, well, maybe the second time it'll be mm -hmm. better or something. My friends are all doing it and I don't want to be left out. Whatever the reason is, there's no good reason to right. do that to yourself. Yeah. But <laughs> alas, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> But what ends up happening over time is you fast forward a number of years of smoking and now you've got uh, a person who's got a chemical dependence. So there's like a chemical or, you know, like an urge in the body and nicotine is the, the cure for that, that mm. urge. But it's not just the nicotine because even when people stop smoking and their nicotine's gone, they still want to smoke. And that's because when their boss was giving them a hard time at work, they had to go out and they had their smoke break. And it wasn't just alone. Usually somebody maybe would go out with them, best case scenario, and they would have this chemically euphoric experience. Somebody standing there, they get to complain, they vent, it's social, it's chemical, and it's a coping mechanism more so than the other things. So now we're dealing with my angry boss at work or bad news came in or whatever. And I'm having good experiences too, but it's also a coping mechanism. And mm -hmm. now by accident, you turn nicotine, which creates its own tension that it can only itself cure. You've equated it with like other t things in life that it has no business having, you know, any connection to. And so when you try to quit, now you've got to reface yeah. that day at work. Mm -hmm. You don't like that situation you got into those things that all those times of day that that was that thing that you did or whatever it is. And so anybody who's kind of come through that and, and kicked it will can, can, should be able to really quickly connect to this because this sort of same thing, mm. fun thing, innocent when you're little. And now it's become equated with subconsciously all these other problems that mm -hmm. you have. Yeah. My wife yelled at me or I, I, you know, I felt small <laughs> just hypothetically, you know, <laughs> I'm having tension at home. The kids are overwhelming. Yeah, totally. I'm overwhelmed. What do I do? Escape. And think escape. about that with what mm. you're saying with the worship pastor, mm -hmm. the lead pastor of a church. We don't want to rag on them too much, but stress are they under though? You know, mm -hmm. and if that is their coping mechanism, then yeah, the more stress mm -hmm. that's piled yeah. on. And then like you're saying, the stakes are getting higher and higher. It's harder and harder to mm -hmm. say something and then ends up with, you know, a lot of the situations mm -hmm. that we've heard about mm -hmm. or seen firsthand, you know? Yeah. So. so for me then just to like, go back to your question, like yeah. what got, got, me what awoke in you woke, like yeah. got freedom started in me yeah was and this is common for most i think christian men that that are older is that you know you'd kind of get into what would be called like a binge and purge kind of thing where mm -hmm. you're like i don't know i have like a once a week or once every few weeks habit mm -hmm. and you could call that not a habit but mm -hmm. if you really mapped it out you're like well you could kind of set your clock by it every so often mm -hmm. i'm going to cross my own boundary mm -hmm. my boundary not my wife's boundary, which may be way before my boundary, but right. the one that I know, it's like, I don't want to go there. And, and I'm not accountable to anybody. And I mention it, and I usually mention it in the past tense, like once I feel like I've kind of made some space from it. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, it was when 
Robbie told me what happened. I, I just, it just snapped everything into focus. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing I can remember from that time when you said what you said was, it had, my prevailing feeling was, I'm not any different than you. Mm-hmm. That was the exact that. feeling I had was I realized yeah. in a moment, and this is just a, you know, I don't the know how many years ago. The same thing could happen now. to you. The same thing could happen to It could happen to any of anybody. us. Anybody, yeah. yeah. Because we're not walking together. We're not being honest. We're not being honest with ourselves, first and right. foremost, we're not, and let alone talking to our friends, let alone our wives, let alone our pastors. Right. And it was like, oh, then I started a journey of, well, then what, what does it take? Yeah. Because I, for a long time, Hard. thought, well, this is just what it is. Everybody does this, and yeah. who cares? Oh, totally. I was like, this isn't, it's not good, but yeah. everybody does you it. You cared, but you, mm-hmm. I don't think you ever could see that there could be freedom. You pretty mm-hmm. much figured just That's everybody true. is doing this. I, dealing with I this, used to look at, way. I look at a, a pastor teaching on the stage and think like, man, he's just the same as me. I didn't and think I anybody. I felt that way too because of you, <laughs> your influence. I'm like, I can't trust anybody. Oh, <laughs> this is before I, I got better. Thing, I too. was thinking like, yeah, <laughs> these guys, everybody's the same. There's no way anybody could walk in freedom with the way our culture is, with right. what you can get on your phone, on the computer. Or like, at least be honest, I guess. Like maybe you're not fully in Well, freedom, I had some experience but, of people being honest and not being free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I still do, honestly. This, right. That's the common conversation is like, we've made some strides, maybe we've talked, but we haven't got freedom. Yeah. And now, um, but, th- but anyway, going back, so that was my feeling. And then mm-hmm. when my best friend had- a problem that got way bigger than mm. like the search history, I realized, oh, I, I got to get yeah. for, I have to be, I have to treat this like a life or death issue now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I did. Right. So, yeah, which yeah. was, which was, that was just incredible. Cause you never know what anyone's going to say, to be honest. And so, yeah, that was, that was incredible. And you know, for me, the, the breaking point for me was like when that coping mechanism Led to a place and I'm like, just like sitting there, like, like, how you know? It's it like literally, it's just the at, like I can't even describe the 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 depth of the feeling of of shame and guilt and just I can't believe how did this happen? But also, as I'm, you know, two things happened. One, I was leading worship, and as I was finishing leading a song or something. I was just overwhelmed. Like, I, number one, I just felt like I was making a mockery of the position that I was given mm. by what had happened and by holding it in. That, that it just became overwhelming. That, which ties into the second point, which was like, if I'm, if I like take all the the religiousness out of it, but if I'm like a Christ follower, if if this, you know, if I am who I claim to be in in the spiritual sense, and I'm also fighting this this. Uh, this this addiction that I didn't even I wouldn't have called it an addiction then, or bondage then. Uh, it, that looms so large in my life that it's like it's almost and I can even just like see it. It's a fork in the road. And when I I I struggle with to this day, T and I talk about it all the time. But this was like the ultimate fork in the road at the time because it was like the coping mechanism, the the, the browser, the all that didn't work to to calm the it couldn't calm the the emotions that I or the feelings mm. that I was having the you know what I mean like it it couldn't the stress the all the bad feelings we're just talking about 
that wasn't even enough anymore because that almost made me feel a little bit sick because I know where it led me. Yeah. And so it was either like you go, you turn the blind eye to to to, to who God says that I am and, and 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 who I know I am to to be in Jesus. And I just pursue that to the to the utmost and I keep it a secret. But the only thing that's gonna calm that now isn't isn't pornography anymore. It's gonna be that again. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, mm. but it's like because that because at that point you scratched a different itch. Mm. And it's like, and I knew, and just, you know, just through some family history and stuff too, I could if I if it's it was kind of like either either you face you have to face it, you have to mm. share what mm-hmm. happened with somebody. You're and and obviously if you share with anybody. It has to be, you know, your wife. That's where it's going to come back to anyway. Like, it, mm-hmm. like that's the only place this can start. And then maybe healing can happen. Or to have that, like, emotional cigarette of sorts, it's it's like just pornography or something wasn't – it's just scary to say, but it was like – that's like – that wouldn't have been mm. enough in yeah, a sense. Yeah, you would I keep can't, doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just – it would it would continue to happen. And so there was a kind of that mm. fork in the road and it was like – Well, that's the kind of thing we haven't really addressed in all this, which is – this, and I don't know if I fully understand why, but it's kind of like other addictions that people, you know, are more familiar with, like drinking or smoking or gambling. But whatever that rush that you had, whatever that hormonal yeah. thing that happened, there's a tolerance effect. Mm-hmm. So, like, the next thing isn't going to be the same thing. Right. And anyone stuck in more. this knows it's never really the same thing. It has to be a new thing. Mm-hmm. It has to be a different thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why, and I, th- I think in a lot of, you know, things I've listened to and, and read would say, it's like the reason why like pornography today is so like unlike things from, you know, decades ago or whatever, when our parents were pioneering this horrible thing for everybody. It's <laughs> like, it's like some of it's horrifying. It's like mm-hmm. very harsh and mm-hmm. abusive and things like that mm-hmm. because the tolerance effect. And mm-hmm. so if nothing else to some guy or, or woman listening, who's got this, it's like, whatever it was before is not going to be enough tomorrow. And you know that. Yeah. So you just want to play that out for a while and figure, do you want right. to be 75 or 80 sitting yeah. dealing with this problem? Well, and, and, and become you know? alone. Like I'm a strong mm-hmm. believer that, I mean, with everything we've walked through and we've seen family walk through is that it it causes death. I mean, it causes death in marriage, in relationships, um, you know, with your kids, with your parents. It's like it's it just causes so much death and it just destroys people. And if you're not willing to do that, you will – You'll either, because if you destroyed your family or you destroyed your marriage, like what ends up happening is you're going to wind up alone because you you burn so many bridges if you don't mm-hmm. repent. I think that's the difference is like, obviously there's been repentance, there's been healing in our marriage and we're still continuing to heal every day. But that was the difference with Robbie was he came with a repentful heart and he he wanted healing and he, and he mm-hmm. wanted to fight for it. And so I know that's not the case for everybody. Like it, our story, mm-hmm. um, is unique and it, and not everybody's ends up this way. Um, but I think that's, 
the reality that I think people need to realize is that it it does destroy lives. And that I mm-hmm. I just believe that. Unchecked, yeah. It ta- it just takes. There's it doesn't you think it's giving, it's not giving, it's only taking. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. only taking long term. And yeah. And and also something that I think is super cool is Steve just celebrated a big I mean, we celebrate yes. all these things now in this in this journey and, mm-hmm. and celebrated a huge anniversary. I mean, and by the way, it's probably been months ago now that that right. was celebrated. I don't even ago, know. Yeah. yeah. So like it's a year of, of sobriety and that's something to be it's a big deal. honored and mm-hmm. talked about. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so putting all these pieces together for, you know, the naked and known listeners, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we <laughs> seem to be many. So we That's think. a little scary. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we hit a thousand. There's like one grandma who plays episodes over and over and over again. <laughs> I didn't know how to turn it off. <laughs> oh, that's Puts it on for the cats when yeah. she goes out to dinner. <laughs> but it's like it starts with being honest with somebody who you can be honest with. And, right. and it may not be your spouse. And then it, you know, best case it would be. But mm-hmm. honestly, it's going to need to be another person like you mm-hmm. with a, maybe just – they can be in the same boat, but they're also willing to walk, you know, they're, they're on the same path. Mm-hmm. So just saying it isn't enough because no. we need to be with somebody who's like going to be interested in moving forward and and finding freedom. Mm-hmm. And then um, this, and then the second – I think the second step is learning – I mean, there's a lot of things that go into the second step, but really like it's the process of self-discovery and and digging into what is really going on here. Mm-hmm. That's like things like journaling. It's things counseling. like counseling. counseling. I've been in yes. counseling for a long time and that's been, I think that I've had long stretches of, of sobriety. And when I, when I say sobriety, I mean like I don't, there's so many shows I don't watch. There's so many like TV shows I don't watch, mm-hmm. movies that I I don't watch until I know if there's anything in there that could be triggering. Or there's no, you know, it's just like a very like hard line because I know what the the risks are. Mm-hmm. So, what has that done for you, Jossie? Like, even in this year of of him, yeah, you know, being a year sober. I was just telling him today, actually. It's going to make me want to cry, but I just feel like so safe now, Mm -hmm. I think. And I like, and I, I'm not deceiving myself into thinking like he'll never have another Mm -hmm. thought or problem or whatever, but it's just like, I guess that's the word that comes to mind. Like I feel very safe. I feel like even if there is a problem, he's, he knows that he can tell Mm -hmm. me and come to me and I'm just really proud of him like he's I don't know I mean I wanted to mention like towards the end too that he you know Steve has a vision for like kind of creating more of this kind of culture amongst like our new church and and just people that he's friends with and in contact with um so yeah he's like actively working on that right now and um yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't be prouder because I feel like he's experienced the freedom that he thought he couldn't ever mm-hmm. have really. And the battle's not over, but yeah, you know, 
he is like living it out now mm-hmm. and wanting it for other people, which is just really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's different than, than a lot of things. There's so many parts of this, you know, pod, this podcast that maybe people will latch on to. But like one thing, another thing is when you're in a community or you have friends like Robbie and I can work together on this, you get to to see how really this is a, a kind of a progress, not perfection mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that it's like if you were an alcoholic, an alcoholic in the classic sense of like you're ruining your life and you still drink and, and not, uh, and not able to stop. You would stop. You would say, if I have any alcohol, I've crossed my boundary, but this is like a little bit different than that. And that you're still sexual and you're still married and there's like intimacy there. Like the boundaries, like have you kind of have to define them pretty clearly to what mm-hmm. you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Cause some people maybe go for, I mean, a long time and not masturbate, but they're still kind of doing all the same behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so that there's, and there's a lot of different elements like that. So, that, so you have to really get clear about what you're trying to do. Set up boundaries and just to, yeah. to articulate where yeah. am I, what are my mm-hmm. things that I'm not, I'm trying not to do. Okay. So yeah. I could lay out like a whole set of steps and, and plans, but I think the, you know, like that would help a, a person yeah. move forward in, in healing and recovery. But the, one of the big things is to understand what am I doing that I don't want to be doing? Yeah. And the, the thing that, and I had long stretches where I was totally sober before the, the year, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that the key was, and what led to this long standing freedom. I feel like I feel so much freedom and, and lightness and joy about it is being super crystal clear about what mm-hmm. I was trying to do mm-hmm. and what I was going to stand for and not stand for. Yeah. Because, and this is a great example. I'm not on Instagram mm-hmm. because it's just too hard to be on Instagram and maintain the boundaries. And that's for me. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't really judge guys that are on Instagram. I'm a little bit suspicious of it all the time when I see it. <laughs> or Twitter. I have an Instagram. <laughs> I know. I'm a little bit like, Brother I Ryan. was working for you. That's cool. But it's like, I mean, let me describe it. It's an image-based, aesthetic-based platform mm-hmm. where you can scroll mm-hmm. through images. Yeah. Hundreds of th- or well, thousands. And so. just a, well, and a little, like, uh, one thing that I do in that as just a little, if you're going to have one that, that's helpful, mm-hmm. is is uh tia has access to my instagram yeah which is a, you know, a weird a deterrent and then we have a band one that three people have access to <laughs> and in a sense it's like mm-hmm. just give people access yeah that's the hardest thing i mean that because yeah. that, that has been a total deterrent oh mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. because can you can see. yeah searches everything <laughs> it's like <laughs> and so anyways that's just a little yeah. side note but no, that's good. Well, that's a great tool, and that's a honey. great way of yeah. saying like you set a boundary up and you're gonna mm-hmm. live by the boundary it's it's you have to you, right. you know you have to be right super honest and so all of the stuff that in the first half of the podcast is like about not honesty mm-hmm. so now we're saying like this is what we're doing this is how we're gonna do it you can check in on it and so a lot of guys think if they were to get just like a nice um, accountability software or, or filter on their computer yeah. or, or on their phone, then they'd be good. But the only reason that's good is because they're basically giving themselves a tool to stop their behavior before they start it. Mm. So what were you going to say? I could see you. But that's not like the end well, I was of just going to say, it's like, there is some really good ones now. Yeah. 
But if you're like, if this is your thing, which mm-hmm. for a lot of people, this yeah. is your thing. Yeah. You'll find a way around it. We all know because yeah, we've yeah. found ways around it before. I know. It's so without any accountability with the real person right. around that, it's. Mm-hmm. So that's not sufficient still, in and of itself. Maybe for the right mature. person. No, I've, I've come to yeah. believe that it's like, that's a baseline. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you at all don't want to be in this, running this race, that yeah. you know, mm-hmm. getting into this trouble, that's baseline. Yeah, I mean, it's so, she'll do just, it. Yes, it's a do. hard thing. It's a, I mean, the way you've described it to me is like, it's a daily, daily thing. Oh yeah, you know. And I wish I was a year sober, like that's full mm-hmm. disclosure. I'm, yeah. I, you know, that's why I, I think it's just like incredible. It's, it's really it's it becomes something where I have to everything I see, whether it's like sexual or not, it has to come under the lens of did this thing get something did mm-hmm. this wake me up because like mm-hmm. now i'm like tuned into what am i mm-hmm. and 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 if it did am i comfortable with that or not mm-hmm. because something's will and it, there's nothing i can do about that yeah and then what what am i committed to doing when i am and we call that being triggered or like something mm-hmm. like kind of got me thinking along those lines this is the same kind mm-hmm. of stuff that people when they want to quit other things have to go through right. it's not like oh yeah unlike anything else so it's that mindfulness thing that mm-hmm. keeps coming up i think for yeah. you mm-hmm. I think count, I know you acknowledge it, but I think it's like such a big part of your journey has been like yeah. doing the counseling. Cause it's like, Steve is somebody who <laughs> a few years ago when he first went to counseling, a different counselor, he needed a feelings wheel to like, so he could like pinpoint what Wow. I don't know if you're familiar with the feelings. Well, I don't know, Steve, you could describe it, but I don't know. Like he couldn't I, yeah, tell me it. how he felt really. And like, I, I always thought he was someone who was kind of in touch with feelings. And so, I mean, you're like a songwriter and all these things. So I'm like, Oh yeah, he feels, but like he was not in touch with his own feelings on things. And now like getting those out regularly, even when, Sometimes it's not like my favorite thing because now like I have to please <laughs> that he has needs feelings. and feelings too besides me. We grew up um, in I grew up in a house that didn't it was very hard to have needs. Uh-huh. Any no there were there everybody had to to find other ways of getting their needs met than maybe like the best ways. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so and and it's not to right. pinpoint everything on mom and dad or anything like that, but so you grew up and you learn some all kinds of coping skills where you're right. not ag- acknowledging your needs. And so that's kind of the, one of the underlying root causes. And so, yeah. And the thing about counseling yeah. to that point was, I don't, I don't think I've ever talked about this with my counselor a little bit in reflection, Barely, yeah. but like addressing all the other things going on. Mm-hmm. The, this was like the thing you went into counseling saying, I think I need counseling for this. Didn't you? I think something like 90% of men in the church that go into counseling, counseling are going for, into yeah. it for this reason. And yeah. usually because you got, you got caught or something. You got caught or, yeah. you, or you're about to get caught. <laughs> or your right. wife caught you and she's like, Or well, you're trying you to counseling. get one step ahead of your, what you're about to confess. <laughs> yeah. I just heard a story yeah. of counseling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. But, Which is not but, necessarily a bad no, thing. No. At least you have like Go a for it. You're kind of like coming mm-hmm. with a plan to your yeah. spouse or whatever. Yeah. But, but it right. helps. It gives you like, it helps you navigate like where it even began. Like, I think even when when we went through it, it's like, like you said before, in that moment when you confessed, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, you know, I have this problem it was like until we went to counseling um 
you know, she really pinpoints certain areas. And like, then we, then we mm. went to like the childhood and sure. how it even began and how yeah. these habits started. So it's like, it gives you a map to like understand mm. yourself. And so that's, that is why counseling is, I think, a, a step in the healing process is because you discover you and you, you've never spent that time in your mm-hmm. life discovering who you are or how you even got to where you are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for, for me, it was all of the feelings and the, and the hurt and the, some of the old wounds. It was connecting all these dots and getting it in, in really getting in touch with myself. Yeah. It had everything to do with this is the sexual arena as like a result, but it, the the actual issues were very simple to articulate. Mm. Like, well, how was I feeling about this? Or was I feeling hurt or, you know, mm-hmm. very vulnerable kinds of things to talk about because somebody who's in great community and great connection, who's vulnerable, who's feeling heard and whose feelings and needs are going are not going unmet, they're being met in, in healthy ways, is not has a million tools in the toolbox to not be mm-hmm. stuck in sexual bondage. They still right. might be, but um because there are some specific tools for that. But as far as for me, I needed to get I needed to do some other work. And this thing finally it just came into focus. Like this is a this is a path out of dealing with myself first. And then when I started to deal with myself, I, this was yeah. never a good solution to that problem, but, right. but was one of them, you mm-hmm. know, like it was a bad tool in the toolbox. That's really good. good. It's a little yeah. lighthearted listening for uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the women that listen to your podcast are going to go home and look at their yeah. husbands. What, with you this, like, what, what did you do? What did you do? There's a lot of good guys out there too, probably. Yeah. I've yet to to meet them. Well, it's not always, like we've said this before, it's not always the guy either. But I think what has also been a good thing, like back to the accountability part is like we've had to work on like check-ins. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's one thing like, how are you doing? What's going on? I think that's another tool. Yeah. What's your perspective on the whole like sharing with your spouse thing or like how much or how you know what I mean I guess Mm -hmm. sometimes like historically when Steve would have like things to share more frequently it would be call it a slip up a slip up it would be like hard on me every time and I'm like ah like I want you to be honest with me but I also don't know if I want to hear about all this all the time or like every single time you had this thought or whatever um so I don't know do you Mm -hmm. did you have that too or do you feel like you've It's like you can handle it when he shares with you. Because, I mean, it helps, obviously, like if I know you guys are talking or what, you know, if I know he has another place to go, I'm kind of like, tell me if something big comes up kind of thing. But if, you know, if you're not doing that as much or whatever, then I would like, well, I want you to be able to tell me or somebody, you know, but. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, in the beginning, I didn't even know how bad this even was like I didn't even know what this pornography did to oh totally the mind so yeah I I appreciated when he would talk to me but then I was like oh my word like this happens way more than I ever thought and so um I think over time yeah you 
as a woman, you're like, I'm not enough. I'm not this. I So then, you know, Brings a lot of insecurities, insecurities come yeah. out. And I think we kind of came to the conclusion, like, I mean, I feel like I was asking you a lot how you were doing. But then when you guys established your accountability, that almost like took a little bit of a weight off of me. Like even the little things, I'm like, I don't, I guess I don't need to know that. But like you said, like something Mm -hmm. big, something major. But the thing is for Robbie was he, he needed to be pushed in that area a little bit because it, because of the shame, like Mm -hmm. you don't want to talk about it. So if he's not asked, then like, I don't, I think it would get brought up with them. But like, Mm -hmm. I almost, in my mind, I'm like, oh, now I have to like make sure because he's going to get used to not talking about it and then he'll never t- and then it'll be mm-hmm. in this like then it'll be in the dark again so that was my own anxiety yeah like that started coming up because i did not want to live in the dark anymore yeah. you know i wanted our marriage to be in the light and to be known which is right. naked and known <laughs> um but yeah i guess you can answer that as well or sure you- yeah it's, it's that's that's probably the hardest thing for is it me, is currently. it harder to be asked or is it harder to like sh- you know what I mean? I guess is <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you is, want your <laughs> spouse being like, How are you? What happened? Yeah, Did you do anything? You know, but- <laughs> I struggle to like a lot of times I'll, I'll I'll wait for the ask. And like for me, it's easy to try to make everything light. Mm-hmm. Which is a big to me, that was a huge trigger, is like trying to, mm. s- to take all the bad feelings and and make them good and the way that mm-hmm. I would do that a lot of times was with with pornography and so I just don't love like the the conflict of it all mm-hmm. I don't like to be at odds with anybody it just I hate that mm-hmm. and so like I just want everyone to be happy and have fun mm-hmm. and if by me not sharing something with Tia in my mind it's like well she seems to be in a good having a good week why in the world would I mess that up because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm an idiot and I you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I acted out or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's really hard for me. And then if you know she comes around to ask me or something, it's like I can just be like, "What?" You know? I yeah, don't even know. It's just so dumb. Starts. It's just the way that I <laughs> respond a lot of times. She's like, "What'd you do?" Just play yeah, dumb. When he responds just that way, down. I was, I'm yeah. I always know. Yeah, yeah. and so like, we've had a like had to learn that kind of back and forth a little bit with how each other communicates in that way. <laughs> But what what also what also makes it really hard, mm-hmm. and and it's why I feel for people that are in any, any sort of ministry or, or leadership in that sense mm-hmm. is, it it's only gotten harder since I've gotten back into into leadership okay. because there's there's this ad, there's the added pressure not it is pressure in some senses within the the church today that hey you better have your shit together or mm-hmm. yeah you right. know. Or, or or I guess not or else but it just feels like sometimes yeah yeah it's just kind of like. And I'm not saying that's all true. I'm thinking that I'm saying that's a lie within within ourselves in some way. That mm-hmm. it's like, because gosh, if I've experienced anything, it's that mm-hmm. you know there there is absolutely you know forgiveness and grace and and love even in spite of of you know horrific decisions. But um, that's that's made it harder though in some ways because you mm-hmm. you want to be the, the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you want to be the the person yeah. that you hope you are and the reality is i mean none of us are we're, we're mm-hmm. all so we're all so mm-hmm. weak and whether it's this or whether it's the other multitude of things that each man and woman whatever else we all struggle with mm-hmm. we're human we're we're so human and and so 
I don't know. I sit here and just even having, you know, this, it's almost like celebrating a good year. And, and even in that there's insecurity. It's like, well, what does that make me that it's only been a year and, Mm. and some, or I feel like I got to defend myself, but what would, you know what I mean when I say this year Mm. is now, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to put all this this armor on still, it's like to be really vulnerable is hard. Even if you're mm-hmm. like in a place where I'm like, you know what? Everybody wishes they could be in the position I'm at. Like a lot of the people mm-hmm. that I, I know. Mm-hmm. And that's not good enough because the only thing for me that feels safe and comfortable is that I've tried to be, you know, I've like been honest and that I'm loved by Jesus. Like I know yeah. for a fact that I'm giving everybody a gift when I'm honest mm-hmm. and, and that I'm not perfect because the gospel is not really powerful when everybody thinks they're perfect and mm-hmm. they really don't need it. I really need more examples of pastors who are, who have a big, you know, like a big story. Yeah. And, um, or, or that one of the guys I like to listen to says he doesn't trust a pastor without a limp. And I just, I feel that mm-hmm. way in a way. Oh, totally. Is that I've, I want yeah. to be in the, in the, mm-hmm. the the throng of worshipers that are mm-hmm. all carrying, yeah, kind of carrying the the memory mm-hmm. of of what Christ changed them, yep, in you know or from. <laughs> That's a weird way. No, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. I can't be in this church. I can't be mm-hmm. in this community if everybody's fine and I'm the only one who's not. Because yeah. I know mm-hmm. that's not true. It's a mask. Yeah, it's a big lie, mm-hmm. and. So even my, this, it flares up my insecurity and I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to face it. Mm-hmm. And I have to do that all the time. Right. I'm trying to advocate right now to get something going in my church. And I, I just bought the materials for it. Um, it's a super powerful and really awesome. It's powerful. It's awesome. And it's provocative in that it's like a DVD series. It's kind of like an alpha, but for like sexual bondage. Mm-hmm. It's called Conquer Series. Oh Conquer Series. And everybody who's dealt with this stuff for themselves and is walking in freedom and recovery will know what that is. But it's like a, a DVD, you'd watch it, you'd be in a small group and it'd be for the guys. Yeah. And it's like a great men's small group to start. And it's like, I'm having the hardest time. And it's my own, you know, every, it's like, it, it's supported, but like, this is still a topic that's not like mm. everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Oh yeah, we need to get that going in our church. And yeah. it's like, right. there are hundreds of guys in our greater church community that are, in dire straits right, right now. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I know for for the men's group you were in, it's like, you know, you were really scared to go to that, you know, like, is someone going to see me? Or like there's – so it's mm. like it's also kind of like you want it to feel like a safe place too. So I'm sure – I mean, that's amazing, Steve. I'm so excited you're doing that. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's really incredible. Yeah. I'll be in your group. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And then from from that, this is kind of, it takes like, you know, depending on how you do it, six to 10 weeks of of this. And it helps people get connected and get get the conversation going. And, yeah. and, and I mean, gosh, coming to starting this mm-hmm. is like 60% of the battle. Yep. Just raising your hand and saying, yeah, oh, I have a problem too. And yeah. you know, I want to work on it with somebody is like a big mm-hmm. step forward. It's, um. But then there's there is like this is comes from a ministry that has like a really really great history of helping men be, be, and women. There's a there's a lot more than what we're talking about here. But there's just they have a healing you know mm-hmm. 
ministry for this. And they have, I think it's like a nine to 12 month curriculum that you do in like really small groups, like three, four, five guys each. It's called Pure Desire. And this mm-hmm. this is like, my goal is to get that going where there are groups in, that we're hosting through our, our church network. Because that, if somebody gets into that kind of a group, they will find they will find mm-hmm. a life they did not know possible. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. got a lot of examples mm. around. I've heard heard them. And so this DVD thing is like the entryway. And then yep. it's like if you want to, if you want this, then let's do this next yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my great. vision for the next year for the guys in my church. And there are lots of good resources out there mm-hmm. for men who are stuck. Yeah. We could help them get unstuck. So if you or someone you love is interested, right. <laughs> you can email us. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Email Make it a known re- podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we can yes. get you connected. Yeah, you can even talk to Steve and Robbie. So we will. Directly, we'll- the stars of this show. We would love to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. Keep, keep the conversation going. This is This is why we're here. It's amazing to me. Like, I was just literally thinking this, like, three and a half years ago, our world was flipped upside down. And at this moment, we're like, I mean, we're, we're walking with limps, (laughs) but we're, we're still walking. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I, that's just a testament to the, to the Lord that we're here and, And what he's doing through this, mm-hmm. you know, which is really beautiful. I, I, it's a, it's a story of redemption. Mm-hmm. So I'm so thankful. Good. Yeah. Same. And great friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Um, any final thoughts, guys, takeaways, <laughs> advice? <laughs> we spilled the beans. <laughs> you should too. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's, there's no, there's no greater, I just don't know that there's a greater feeling that can be had than, than even experiencing an ounce of the freedom there is Mm. in being known in your deepest, darkest corner. Mm -hmm. And accepted. And accepted. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's your next mm. song there, honey. Hey, oh, <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> lyrics. This guy is a poet. That's for sure. He can write a song. He can write a song. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for Thank coming you. on. I know this is a very vulnerable subject yes. to share with the world, but or our 100 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> or a thousand. Don't I worry. Don't know. It's, Tia thinks it's a thousand. It might be a thousand. <laughs> Just because I've listened to it so many times myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We are the only ones who listen to this. <laughs> Where is it going? Two listeners. <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, reach out. Yeah. To us. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Okay. Peace out. <laughs>